Isn't it good to be here? Amen. I am glad that you are here, that you have decided to be in the Lord's house today. It's a great day to be here. And for those watching, hello and good morning. We're glad that you were able to join virtually. I know that there are uh, a couple people who are not able to be here today, and I hope that they're able to watch online. So if so, hello and uh, miss you. I uh, hope you'll be back next week. So, and I changed these batteries, and now they sound goofy. Sorry. Sorry for, yeah, I'm just going to try to whoop. There we go. All right. Maybe. Fingers crossed. So, uh, some different things going on. The month of, no, it still sounds goofy. Um, <laughs> the month of, let's just give me one. That works. The month of July is a ball or a doll. So, if you have not yet purchased your items for the month of July, buy a ball that will fit into a into a shoebox. Now, there were some really smart people last year who bought inflatable balls like that you could blow up, and that's a really great idea um, because that way, even if you don't have to have the pump. Um, for some of those balls, the really, really thick rubber ones, you have to have a pump to, to blow them up. But if you have one that can be um, that can be blown up with air, that'd be great. Blown up with blowing air into it. Bless, it's all air. Anyway. Uh, but, but yes, if you do have some uh, money that you don't have time to go out and buy stuff, then hand it over and we will take care of that. Or if you have a shoebox, then please bring it on because... Again, I really believe that we are going to have a lot of shoeboxes this year, so a, a lot of stuff to put into the shoeboxes, so please keep those things in mind. I'm really excited because <laughs> next week, as far as we know, next week we're going to have a Gideon representative here. We've been talking about the Gideons uh, for the yeah a little bit that um, you know over the pandemic they have not been able to come into churches, and they've, they've really been suffering because of that, but... We, as far as we know, and as far as we know, we are going to have a, a Gideon representative. And uh, so, please make your plans in that direction. If you have a little extra to um, to set aside through this week and give to the Gideons, because that's such it's five dollars to put a a Bible into the hands of anyone all over the world, and that's it's such a powerful thing that they do that they're willing to go out and and distribute and give the word of God to all those and, and places that we would not be able to. So uh, please keep those things in mind. Any other things, we will let you know. Um, this uh, this past week, I was, I was, you know, thinking about um, giving some encouragement to people and I thought, okay, I'm going to, got my phone out and I, I began to text and, and I thought, okay, I, I'm going to find an you know, you, through your phone, you save things sometimes, Bible verses, or or you save, like, little encouraging pictures, whatever. Um, you know, you can make it, that sort of thing. And as I was looking through, I was just scanning my phone, like, okay, we're going to find the perfect thing. And all of a sudden, because I had the this person's um, text opened up, and all of a sudden, I got a message that said, sent. And I thought, what on earth? has been sent and I looked and it was um, this meme of the the woman saying ain't nobody got time for that have y'all seen that one yeah 
Well, it's um, if you haven't seen it, I will open it up and show it to you. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and I immediately my eyes got huge and my heart drum like, oh no. And I, I text, I was like, I'm so sorry. That is not what I meant to see it. And it's like, oh golly. So, so, and then I said, I meant to send you something encouraging, you know, like, how are you doing? And that sort of thing, but it didn't end up that way. And I thought, how often do we judge people on what they do and not their intentions? We want to be judged according to our intentions, right? Oh, I meant to do this. I meant to do well. I meant to pray. I meant to whatever it is. And we say, oh, I'm a good person because I meant to do such and such. But we say, oh, those people are bad because they did this or didn't do that. But maybe we shouldn't judge. I don't know. That was just a, that was an example for me this week of, of, you know, judge not lest you be judged. Because I really, truly did not mean to send that. Now, in certain situations, that would have been fine. But um, in this one, no, bless my heart. But again, we just, um, (laughs) we need to be careful. Amen. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in this service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your blessings to us. We thank you and we praise you that you brought us into your house today. God, that we are able to fellowship with other believers. Lord, that we're able to come together and give you honor and worship and praise. God, I thank you and I praise you for all of your goodness to us. God, that you you gave us breath in our lungs this morning. God, that you gave us the strength to get up day by day. We thank you. We praise you. God, we just ask you now that you have your will and your way in this service, that we honor you and please you and always say and do. Father God, I pray for all those who are watching, that they would feel your presence and your spirit as they are worshiping with us today or maybe later as they're watching. God, I pray for each and every person who came here this morning. There is a purpose for them being here, God. There is no one who is here by accident. I pray that each person would receive from you what you have intended. Father, I ask that you would accept our worship today, that every single part of what we do would honor and please you. Lord, that we would lift you up and glorify your name. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you would hear me when I call? Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing. Sing that again. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you would hear me when I call? Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? It's amazing that I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Oh, of God. I am a friend of God. 
friend of God. He calls me friend. Who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you would hear me when I call. And is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing that I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Friend of God, He calls me friend. Oh, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Oh, I 
stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night as you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, and I Father. 
Oh 
shout of praise, a whisper of praise. Use your breath to praise him this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Good morning, and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. We'll take up our offering here in just a minute, but we learned Wednesday night, we're reminded, we knew, we just sometimes, we got to be reminded that Jesus is sitting up there beside God making intercessory prayer for us. He's praying for us all the time. That ought to give us as much encouragement as we can possibly know that God is doing that for us, and I'm very thankful for it. If our usher will come, we'll take up our offering. Thank you for what you do for our offerings. I'm always amazed at how much God blesses the church. Thank you, Lord. And I hope that he'll continue to do that. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you for all your blessings. I pray that you'd help us to not any of us ever take them for granted. Help us to know that you've got everything under control, that you'll take care of it and you'll bless it, and that you'll meet the need. I pray that you'd touch this offering, bless the gift and the giver, those that can give, those that can't give. We pray that you'd bless them so that the next time they'll be able to, I pray that you bless the remainder of this service, bless the message and the messenger, that what we hear will be food for our soul, meat for our table. In your name we ask it. Amen. Whatever is lovely Whatever is pretty 
do serve a good, good father, and I'm so thankful to be here this morning. I'm glad to be with all you guys. It's time now for uh, prayer requests. Spoken first. Sister Joy. Raise hands for you. Stand with me as we pray this morning.
just enjoying our fellowship time. Gideons, Gideons, Gideons. Gideons, I have been instructed to say, if you are not planning to be here next week, go ahead and uh, get your money out for the Gideons and write it on an envelope and give it to Sister D. Because we <laughs> we do want the Gideons to be represented. You know, we want to... We want to give them a lot, get a lot of Bibles going. So, uh, and and was instructed again to say um, <laughs> that the a hundred percent of everything that they get goes straight to Bibles. They do not. They pay for their own travel expenses. They pay for their own everything that they. If they go to another country, they pay everything for them themselves the Gideon organization does not pay anything for them every single bit of money that comes to the Gideons goes straight to to purchase Bibles or uh, any kind of Bible materials so keep that in mind it's there is not much better organization that you can support now there are if you're looking for a place to send your money to I can list you a few places but uh, but Gideon would be in the in the top three of great places to uh, to contribute to the Lord's work. Amen. So keep that in mind. Again, saving money this week if you're going to be here next week, which you need to be. But if you're not planning to be, then go ahead and, and hand it in. So our last discussion regarding faith touched on the type of faith that we may all have experienced. I told you guys I confessed that this was the type of faith that I deal with quite a lot which is wavy faith to combat this type of faith we must stay to remain in the place where our patience can grow because our our patience is built with the testing of our faith the trials do not build faith we should already have the faith but our our trials build patience within us we are to seek wisdom and I had someone tell me today that they've been praying for wisdom all week long and that's great pray for wisdom because God gives with an open hand that is one thing in his word that he promises he will not withhold is wisdom so if you're in need of anything just pray for that Lord give us each wisdom you can pray for that every day a few times a day and the third thing is set your sights so believe for what you're asking for so today we will hear from Jesus this is our first time actually hearing from him regarding faith he's talking about the importance of faith and and we'll hear from him a parable about faith then we will see the results of faith in action it's interesting to note this is just a side note for those who like these kinds of bits of information Uh, Luke and Matthew are tied for the most number of references to faith they both have 12 references to faith within those gospel writers so out of the four, uh, Matthew and Luke. And number two is Mark, who has five references to faith. And John has none. I don't know, John, he's just special. So <laughs> He is, if John's great, but yeah, John has no references to faith at all. But today we're going to be in Luke chapter 18. So the beginning of this chapter and the end of the chapter are reflective one of another. So we're going to take a look at both. Beginning in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 5 will begin. 
and it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. So Luke had gained insight since initially hearing this parable. He had heard Jesus teach about this. He was with Jesus when he was talking about it. And sometime after, when he was putting pen to paper, he realized the purpose that Jesus had behind teaching this parable. So he shares that with us. He does not make us wait until the end. He does not make it so that Jesus has to reveal the purpose to us. Luke goes ahead and tells us. The purpose of this parable is to tell that men ought always to pray. Ought, meaning necessary, always, meaning always, at all times. And to pray earnest, to pray, pray earnestly, supplicate, and worship. And that they ought not to faint. This here means to be utterly spiritless, to be exhausted or weak. Well, that's tough. <laughs> Sometimes you don't mean to be, but it just happens. There are two characters in this particular story. We see first the judge, to whom no one mattered. He had no reverence for God or respect for people. And the widow, who is the one who had a deficit. This is one who was vulnerable, lacking protection. And she came into his court continually. We don't know how often it is that she came before him, but we know that it was enough to weary him. And the word weary here means to buffet, literally to hit under the eye, to beat and cause bruises. So in the Greek, the judge is saying, this woman is getting on my nerves so much, it's like she's punching me in the face. See, I say that sometimes, like I'm about to punch you in the face, but then maybe it's just in a Greek sense of like, I'm going to weary you until you do such and such. I have been biblical this whole time. Thank you, Lord. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't punch him in the face. I just threaten to sometimes. Just like, really, man? Come on. <laughs> Sorry, that was a... Sorry, a little um, transparent moment. I apologize. But she, it says that she wearied him to the point. Like, I don't care a thing about God or people, but my golly, she's getting on my nerves. So I'm going to have to take care of this so that she'll hush. Men, I'll, I won't look at anyone. Y'all ever been there? Just, I'm not even going to look. This woman... Is bothering me so bad. I'm going to have to do what she's asking me to do so that she'll stop getting on my nerves. Y'all keep going. That's biblical too. Just say. <laughs> anyway. So, she was requesting that he would avenge her, bring revenge upon or do justice for. 
Her adversary was attacking her in one way or another, whether it was the adversary was trying to uh, take her property or the adversary was trying to threaten her physically, mentally, emotionally. Some way, she was being threatened, and the adversary kept coming over and over and over. So the woman said, I'm going to keep going to the court. I'm going to keep going because if this thing is going to buffet me, if this thing is going to constantly come at me, then I'm going to constantly go to the one who has power to take care of it. And because she troubled him so much, she wore down his resolve, and he granted her the justice that she was seeking. Then we see the response of Jesus in verses 6 through 8. It says, And the Lord said, now, notice, this was interesting that Luke spoke it this way because, of course, we know that it was Jesus. But the fact that he used the title of Lord means that he was speaking with great authority here. So Luke is recognizing the authority of God that what he's about to say, what Jesus is about to say, is yes and amen. It's absolute, no doubt about it. This is coming directly from the mouth of God. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. The type of faith we're talking about today is hidden faith. Is it faith that the Lord will see? Or is it hidden from him? When he comes back to earth, will he be able to find it? So again, notice what Jesus is saying here. Is God not better than the unjust judge? He compares, sometimes when Jesus is talking, he compares a, a parent to one who is requesting. that. Wouldn't you give your, your child... Better that if they ask for a fish, would you give them a rock? If they ask for an egg, would you give them a serpent? No. If you, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then certainly God, who is great and mighty and the best of all, knows how to give good things to his children who ask. So here he's saying God is better than this unjust judge. Will he not avenge his elect? Elect meaning favorites or chosen ones. Just a quick note about the unjust judge. Notice the words that are unjust and judged. He's completely opposite of what he's supposed to be. But that's not God. God is good. God is loving and kind and merciful. So here, again, Jesus is saying, hear what this one who is opposed within himself is saying. If he can do right when he's requested to do right, then God will do so much better. Although it seems as though, much like the judge, God is taking his time answering. He will answer. Jesus even tells us here, Though he bears long, he's telling us sometimes it's going to take a while to get your answer. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. See, it really, it was good, Brother Mike. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. 
that it seems like it takes so long for God to answer certain prayers. Things that we've been praying for for months or sometimes even years. God, when will this change? When is it going to be better? But he says, you are going to have to wait sometimes. Though he bears long, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Even though it seems like he's taken a long time to answer your prayers, when that prayer happens, it's going to be speedy. When God shows up, be ready. When God shows up, the answer's going to happen quickly. When we're praying for things, when we're asking God for things, sometimes that waiting period is a time of building within us. Sometimes that, that waiting period, that time that we're praying for God to do something in us, God, work this out, please. God, heal this person or save this person or change this situation. God, I pray that you would open up doors of opportunity for me. Whatever it is, you, you insert prayer here. And it seems like God is taking so very long. Perhaps it is that in the time of waiting, we are being prepared for what God is going to do so fast that we would not have time to prepare when he does it. If I'm not ready to handle the blessing that I'm asking for, then when God gives it to me, I will immediately squander it. It will be too much for me to take. It will be too much for me to bear under the weight of this responsibility. So sometimes when God tarries long, it's to build something within us so that when he does answer speedily, we're prepared. So, the Lord hears our cries to him. Our persistence is recognized. And the thing, too, we talked about a couple weeks ago, time doesn't matter to God. When you think about the fact that God is the creator of the entire universe, that he existed before time as we know it even began, that God has always been and will always be. So whether the earth is 6,000 years old or whether it's 500 million years old, God has always existed. And even before that, God has existed. So the thing is, when we think about God taking his time, to him it's not taking his time. Because to him it's, it's an instant. He hears our prayer, he begins working on it. Okay, yeah, I got you, no worries. And he's working on it. And, and for us down here where time matters, oh, Lord, why are you tarrying? And we keep coming to him, God, why is it taking so long? God, have you heard me? God, ha are you able to answer my prayer? God, if it's no, just tell me no. Okay, please. God, please. And we continually come to him when the whole time he's working on it. And it doesn't matter. That time, wow. It's just a few seconds to him. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. A thousand years is like a day. The time that we're having to wait on our prayers to be answered, nothing to God. So 
to end his teaching here, Jesus seems to be asking another question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? See, Jesus never asked a question that he did not already know the answer to. Therefore, this question is for us. This question is put to us when Jesus comes back, and he's going to come soon. Soon. I feel like soon to us, as well as soon to him. But when he comes, will he find faith? Will we continue to keep the faith necessary to receive from him, even if his answer is slow in coming, even though the adversary seems to win, even though I've been praying night and day and coming into his presence time after time after time, asking for the same thing? Will my faith be hidden? Will I hide it away and give up? Will I grow weary and faint? Now we're going to turn to the end of this same chapter. I thought it was really interesting, and as I was studying, and it's important to study within context. That's just a, a rule of thumb. So don't just take one verse and make it mean what you want it to mean. Read the whole thing, the whole chapter that it goes with. The, the, at least the verse before it or the verse after. It's very important. So as I was reading this chapter and realized, okay, the beginning of this chapter talks about theoretical faith. It's a, a parable about faith. But here at the end, let's take a look. Starting in verse 35, it says, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he came near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately... He received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people. When they saw it, gave praise unto God. Now, there are so many parallels between the beginning of this chapter, this parable, and this miracle that Jesus did. It's amazing. So we're told here that Jesus was nearing Jericho and that there was a blind man. Now, in, the, in biblical times, there were two different Jerichos. There was the old Jericho and there was new Roman Jericho, and they were close near one another. So in other gospel writers, it talks about the fact that this is Jesus is coming near Jericho, but in other writers it says that he was leaving Jericho. So it's possible that he was leaving old Jericho, walking to, to new, or the other way around, leaving the new and, and going into the old. So that's how it reconciles, because there were two places. What Luke does not record is what Mark does, that this was blind Bartimaeus. 
So sitting outside Jericho, one or the other, old or new, was blind Bartimaeus, and the name Bartimaeus means son of the unclean. So not only was he blind, not only was he physically having issues, but his whole life he'd had to live as the son of the unclean. Living with this title, living with this name, that anytime someone called out to him, they're saying, Hello, son of the unclean. Come over here, son of the unclean. Because what we're called is oftentimes what we identify as, identify with. Sometimes, if negative things are said to us enough, we begin to believe that about ourselves. I must not be good. I must not be right. I must not be worthy. And whether it's from people around us or just us listening to the enemy, the enemy will do his best to confuse your identity. We're seeing that so much in today's society, and that is the ploy of the devil to, to confuse us about who we are. But he'll begin to speak to you and call you names that shouldn't belong to you. So, Bartimaeus. Matthew records it as two blind men. It could be that there were two blind men, and we just hear about blind Bartimaeus here. That, I don't know how to reconcile, but it doesn't really matter. I'm sure that there were more than, than two blind people that Jesus healed at one point or another. The location and the reaction from the crowd are the same, so it's likely that it's just lapses in detail. So he was sitting by the wayside, begging, supporting himself the only way that was available to him. Much like the widow, he was defenseless and needed rescue. And he was calling out constantly. He sat by the wayside begging every single day, calling out, please give me money, please provide for me, please give me what I need, please. And we don't know how long he sat there. We don't know if it was days or weeks, months, years. We have no idea. But we know that he sat there asking constantly every single day, begging. But when he heard the commotion, he understood that something significant was happening. Upon inquiry, he was told that Jesus was passing by. Then he cried out to the one who has all authority, just like the widow coming before the unjust judge. He came before, he called out, have mercy on me. You are the one who can heal you are the one who can take care of my situation. You're the one who has the answer that I need. Please have mercy on me. Notice that Bartimaeus used the Messianic name for Jesus, which is Son of David, thus acknowledging his power. He doesn't say Jesus of Nazareth, which was his natural name. He says Son of David. And to any good Jew, they would know that the Messiah was prophesied to be from the line of David. So as he calls out, Son of David, have mercy on me. He is proclaiming, I believe that you're the Messiah. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you are the only one who has the power to take care of this. 
But he was told by those around him to hide his face. Not to bother Jesus. Leave him alone. Just hush. Those who were in the front of the crowd rebuked him and told him to hold his peace. This means silence, hush, an involuntary stillness, muteness. He was being told, be quiet. He didn't want to. It was involuntary. Be quiet. Be still. Hush. Stay hidden. You're not worthy. You're unclean. Just stay hidden. You haven't been healed thus far. You're not going to be. But when Jesus heard the blind man's cry, this was really neat. It says that Jesus stood. Now, to us, we were thinking, okay, maybe he had been sitting down. But no, he'd been walking with his disciples. He'd been walking with this huge crowd around him. And the, those at the front of the crowd were telling Bartimaeus to be quiet. So we know that there was this huge mob walking toward Jericho. And those at the, at the front of the crowd calling out to Bartimaeus, hush, be quiet, leave Jesus alone. He's got somewhere to go, somewhere to be. Just leave him alone. You're unworthy. Just hush. But it said that Jesus stood, and in another of the writers, it says that he stood still. Mark's version. So he stood still. Jesus stopped what he was doing. We've been talking about this in our, in our class on Wednesday night. That every miracle Jesus did was because he was moved with compassion. And that Jesus stops what he's doing. Jesus stops what he's doing and he listens. There is never a time that he's too busy. There's never a time that he turns you away. There's never a time that he tells you, hush, go away, I don't have time for you. He stops what he's doing. He stood still in the middle of a crowd when he had places to go and people to see, places to preach. He heard someone crying out, and he stood still. He made everything and everyone around him stand still because they were all following Jesus. He said, no, we're going we're gonna to stop right here. Someone has a need. Hmm. When someone has a need, those of us who are following Jesus, see, Jesus stops, so we need to as well. When someone has a need, and Jesus stops and says, wait, 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 our agenda doesn't matter. Our, our agenda right now is unimportant because someone is showing their faith. They're not hiding it. They're not being ashamed of it. Someone is showing their face, so we need to stop. A and we need to bring them forward. So Jesus commanded, he ordered, he urged 
This is the same word that's used by Peter when he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come out onto the water. So this was a command that Jesus would give. Come here. When he was brought before Jesus, his audience with the authority, Jesus asked him, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want to receive my sight. This phrase in the Greek means to look up, to recover lost sight. I want to be able to look up. I want to be able to recover what I've lost. I want to know that there's an end to this. I want to be able to look up from where I've been. I want to know that there's a light at the end of this tunnel. I want to know that something's going to change. So, much like the widow who had not always been without help and protection, but now life occurred, all she wanted was to know that someone was looking out for her needs. This man had obviously been able to see at some point. Since he used the word, he didn't use the, the word for receiving sight from, you know, from an initial blindness. He used the word for, I want to see again. So at some point he had been able to see, but life had happened. Whether it was sickness or disease or tragedy that had left him blind, something had happened that took it from him. He said, I want to see again. I want to look up. I want to know that things are looking up. And Jesus spoke a word. Receive. Because of his faith, his persistence, his refusal to hide his needs, his sight was immediately restored. Notice that. It doesn't say his Sight was restored eventually. It says his sight was immediately restored. He had sat by the wayside for who knows how long, begging, asking, calling out, needing. We don't know how long he waited. But immediately, see, he tarried a long time, and though he suffered long, speedily will he be avenged. It didn't take a long process. When, when it was time for his healing to come, when it was time for his miracle to occur, it didn't take a long time for the miracle itself to happen. Immediately he was healed. So, Luke says that this healing caused the man to follow Jesus and to give glory to God. And that when the people saw that the blind man had received his sight, this says they gave praise to God. This word here means tell a story. So they began to tell the story. They began to testify. When people saw what had happened, they began to testify. Excuse me. So, we got to stop hiding. 
Our faith is hidden when one of these things happens. Maybe we become so discouraged by the state that we're in and the amount of time that God is taking to answer that we give up. I'm just going to hide this faith away. I don't need this anymore. It's not doing me any good. I'm just going to hide it. Sometimes our faith is hidden because we allow the opinions and feelings of others to discourage our faith. We allow the false identity that they've put on us to make us feel like we're unworthy of receiving. I'm just going to hide this faith away. There's no reason to call out to Jesus. He's not going to give this to me anymore. But in this chapter, we are encouraged by Christ himself a few things that we should do to keep our faith from being hidden. First, we are always to pray. To stay in contact with the Lord. Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. This constant contact with God builds our faith. And this is not to say that we're always down on our knees in our prayer closet and can't get anything done, but if you can't talk to God anytime, anywhere, that's a problem. Because he's always with us. He's always near. So I can talk to him while I'm washing dishes, while I'm driving down the road, and also in my personal devotion time. Any time at all, I can talk to God. He gives me that open door opportunity. I know that I can go to him with any need or hurt or praise. We were doing today, that's great. No matter when I spoke to him last, he wants to hear from me. There's never a time that he doesn't want to hear from me. There's never a time that I get on his nerves because I've talked to him too much. There have been times, and it's just a sad note, uh, there have been times that I have called my mom, I don't know, when I say ten times in a day, that's not an exaggeration. But, and there's sometimes, I'm sure, that <laughs> she's in the middle of something that's like, what do you want? But, <laughs> but the thing is, God is happy to hear from us. He answers every single time. Every time we call, he's, he's there. He's listening. Yes, what you need. What you want to talk about. He is not like the unjust judge. He's happy to hear from us. He stops the crowd when he hears our cry. And that's the thing about each of our prayers and the goodness of God, the amazing thing about God, how big he is and how we can't possibly understand him, that each and every one of us, when we begin to call out to him, he stops everything. He stops time for every single one of us to hear our prayer. Gretchen was asking on Wednesday, when you pray in the morning and you get and you get what the Lord what you've asked the Lord for, will he answer a prayer that afternoon too? I said, Well, it depends on what the prayer is, I guess. You know, if if you pray that you'll have a good day, you know, Lord protect me today, then certainly he answers that. And then later on in the afternoon, you say, uh, Lord, at night, you say, Lord, help me have good rest tonight and, and sleep well, be with me and protect me, then certainly he answers that. If you're asking, you know, Lord, 
let there be chocolate cake tonight, then, you know, if there's not a chocolate cake in the works, normally he's not just going to bam, and there's a chocolate cake in the, in the kitchen. I don't know. But the Lord does. He hears us, and, and when we pray first thing in the morning and we pray at night, and any time he hears and he answers The second thing that we're told is we ought not to faint. Do not grow weary in (laughs) well-doing. Discouragement will cause our faith to hide. When we're discouraged, it's difficult to muster up the faith to pray again. It's difficult to ask the Lord. When we feel discouraged, when we feel let down, it's tough. When you have prayed and asked and sought all that you think you can, ask for renewed strength. Because time means nothing to God. What seems like a long delay to us is a speedy response from Him. Even when we can't see it, He's working. So, do not hide your faith away when you have not yet received a response. I will not presume to add to or take away from Scripture. Please understand that. So I'll step out from under (laughs) if I need to. But the times in the Bible that God's answer was no, He answered pretty quickly. He didn't leave people dangling, didn't didn't leave them hanging, begging for something that He was going to say no to years later. We don't see that happen. With Paul, he said that he prayed three times. I don't know. If this is something that means something to me, I'm praying for it more than three times. So after Paul had prayed three times, God said, No, you're not going to receive healing for this because my grace is sufficient for you. When David prayed that his child would be restored to health, you know, his, his child was born sick and as a result of the sin of he and Bathsheba and there was a consequence to that sin and and he prayed God please restore the health of my child and within a week the child had died so that's not a very long time that he had to wait on God to say no but we see this happen a, a few other times in scriptures that when God's answer is no he answers quickly enough that we're not begging 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 So, in other words, if he has not yet said no, keep praying. If he's not yet said no to you, if you've been praying about something for a long time and you're wondering, God, are you ever going to answer this prayer? If God has not yet said no, I encourage you. Now, I'm not going to promise you that it's not a no and that God's going to do it. I, I, I will not do that, but I'll say, chances are, as we see from Scripture, that if he hasn't already said no, then we're just in a waiting period. Keep praying. The third thing is, do not be ashamed of your need. Because shame causes us to hide, but God calls us out. Sometimes we don't want to look like we need anything. No, I'm good, I'm fine. Oh, yes, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm wonderful happy to be here everything's fine with me how you doing all right yes 
Christ. Everything's fine with me. And we're ashamed of needing anything. We're ashamed of looking vulnerable. We're, we're ashamed that, that we might not be as victorious as we're feeling we should be. But when we're ashamed of our need, it causes us to hide. Suffering is one thing. Crying out to God is one thing. But having my need on display is another, right? I feel unworthy. If you know that I'm struggling with this, then, then you're not going to think the same about me. If you know that I haven't gotten victory over this, then I look bad. If you know that I, I don't feel as good as I'm acting like I do, or I, I, need, I have a need financially, or I have a need emotionally, or whatever it is, I, if you know that, if you know what my need is, then I, I'm just ashamed of myself. I feel unworthy, I feel unclean, and that is the enemy because we're told in Scripture. Find somebody to share your needs with. Find somebody to help you pray about whatever it is. We're, we're not told to hide our issues. We're told that this is a community. We're told that we're family and that we are all the body of Christ. And that one part, if one part of the body hurts, and y'all know, and the older we all get, the more we realize this, that when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. Amen? So that's the thing. We're told that when we're the body of Christ, when one person hurts, all of us should be hurting and sending all of our strength to help that. And if you hide your faith and you hide your need and you hide whatever's going on with you, then we don't know. The widow had to publicly plead her cause in court. She had to come before the judge and possibly an audience of all those other people who were waiting to talk to the judge. She had to tell him what was going on and everybody else heard her issue. blind Bartimaeus was asked in front of all those people who had tried to suppress him, who had tried to call him something other than who he was. He had to stand in front of all of them and say what he wanted from the Lord. When our needs are known, we might, made, we might be made tempted to make light of them. Oh no, it's no big deal. Or hide them. No, I'm doing but hidden faith will get us nothing. Hidden faith won't call out. Hidden faith, when Jesus comes back and our faith is hidden, hadn't done us any good. So when Christ returns, will he find faith on the earth or will it be hidden? We must reveal our faith by always praying because God is always listening. By never fainting. Keep praying until you get an answer by not being ashamed because you are a worthy child of God. Each and every one of us. As the music plays, 
we each of us have come in with needs. I say that, you know, when I'm praying at the beginning, because I believe that it's not just it's not just something to say. We each of us come in with needs. <laughs> each of us have come in with some type of burden in our heart. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever it is. And sometimes we can't pinpoint it. Sometimes we don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Sometimes it's just like, I don't know. I've, I've, I shouldn't feel this way or I think I shouldn't feel this way, but I've, I'm discouraged or I'm down or I'm whatever it is. But each of us come in with something. Some of us come in with needs that, that people know about the hurts that we're carrying physically, emotionally. So we know. But we're here for one another. There's no reason to be ashamed of your need because we're here to pray one for another. I'd like for us to stay in this morning and we'll, we'll pray, we'll, we'll go to the Lord in prayer, but if there's anything that you need specifically and mom said where's the anointing oil and it's right here I found it Um, if there's anything that you need that you would like to be anointed and prayed for whatever it is mental, physical, emotional whatever it is if you need something from the Lord this morning as we are praying I'm asking us to come forth in faith not hiding it, not hiding that we need something and not hiding our faith or trust in Jesus. If you need prayer for something specific, and you don't have to tell us what it is, but if you need that, then as we're praying, come forth and we'll anoint you and pray for you. And there's plenty of people who are willing to pray. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer first. Just give you a minute to think about it if you need something. All right? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We lift you up and we bless your holy name. You are good. You are good. You are good. God, when it doesn't feel like it. When we're discouraged. When we're hurting. When we're in pain. Sometimes when it takes forever to receive an answer. It doesn't feel good. But you are good. You are so good. And we ask you now to have your will in each of us. God, that we would not hide our faith. God, we come to you praying. We come to you needing. We come into your presence to receive. We come into your presence to call out to you and say, God, we need this. God, we need healing. We need strength. We need wisdom. We need encouragement. We need you to come through. God, we come to you praying, not fainting. 
God, we trust that if you haven't said no yet, that we're still going to be able to pray about it. God, if you, if you haven't said no, that you're working on it. We come into your presence and ask you again. And God, we're not ashamed of our need. We understand that you stop heaven. And you say, wait just a second. Wait just a second. They're calling out. Let's listen. Let's see how we can take care of this. God, we come before you unashamed, saying that we are in need. We have things in our lives that we can't handle on our own. We got stuff that only you can take care of. Relationships that only you can mend. Depression that only you can lift up. Discouragement that only you can wipe away. God, we just come before you unashamed. Saying, I need my Father. We call out to you now. We call out to you now. And again, if there's anyone, if you need, if you're feeling the need, come on.
if you need anything from him. Because he's here to provide. He stops everything for you. Heavenly Father, we come to you once again. all that you do and all that you are. And God, we know that you have enough. You are enough to provide for each and every one of us. That everything that's within our hearts that we need, all we have to do is come to you in faith and belief. God, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your spoken word. And we believe that you see and you know and that you'll take care of us. We cling to that. Heavenly Father, for each and every person who's here today, who leaves today, whatever they need from you, you just work in their hearts. Let them take hold of your word and, and plant it deep. And we say over your people, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may day after day after day, and even minute by minute, may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.